Let's talk digital. We are at the cutting edge of digital tweaks, changes, transformation. A local digital marketing podcast. Conversing with industry experts and giving excerpts about the exception. Hosted by Audrey Naidu. Sit back, relax, enjoy. I'm really looking forward to what's coming up in South Africa in the next couple of months and years. Hi everyone, welcome back to Let's Talk Digital with myself, Audrey Naidu. Today we are continuing our Women's Month series with our next guest, Zumi Njongwe, Consumer Communication and Marketing Excellence Director at Nestle East and Southern African Region. This message is brought to you by FutureTech Media, providing next-generation technology solutions. FutureTech understands the challenges women face in this space and are spearheading the charge in empowering women through its Future Networks by Women for Women Foundation. Hi, Sumi. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Thank you, Audrey. I'm glad to be here. Thank you. Really appreciate your time. Fantastic. Zumi, you have a colorful breadth of experience, which spans across multiple countries, portfolios, brands, and categories, mainly in liquor, health, beauty, and nutrition. I mean, that is so amazing. Tell us about your story. Well, I've really been privileged um, in my career to work for great organizations and um you know, I come from the FMCG space, as you know, and um, there's been just so many varied opportunities that I've received. And I think that every role I've taken um, has really uh, um, added to my breadth of experience. And um, I think when I started out, you know, I kind of uh, um, just went through it, uh, didn't really plan it. But over time, I learned to kind of uh, think about what I wanted to achieve in my career. And one of the things that I was very clear about was my desire to be an African um, expert in marketing. And so I gravitated to roles that would give me the breadth of experience across different markets and uh, different categories. I had the privilege of working for many organizations, starting with Procter & Gamble to Diageo and now um, Nestle. And I'm looking after East and Southern Africa, um, which spans about 23 markets. And that's been really a fantastic opportunity for me. Yeah, like I said, I think that's an amazing journey that you had the opportunity to do so many different things. Is that something that's uh, within your passion? Yeah, I always say that, uh, you know, uh, one of the things um, that I'm passionate about is being a champion of the African story. And, um, and so all the roles that I've had or most of the roles that I've had have been about telling African stories through the lens of marketing. And um, I've been very privileged to do so. I think as marketers, we have a responsibility um, to really reflect ourselves a lot more deliberately. And even in global organizations where you've got a big uh, input from global teams and so on, we really have an opportunity to put our own stamp on the work that we do and And as we know that this resonates much, much more um, emotionally uh, with our consumers. And so being a champion of the African story has been very well suited to my career in marketing. Uh, Today, we are going to talk about your journey as a leader within complex environments. And we know that marketing environment is going through disruption right now. How do you view marketing in the light of digital transformation? Yeah, you know, I'm a classical marketer, Audrey, as you know. Um, So 
digital has come in a little bit later in my own career. But I do believe that eventually we will get to a point where it's just marketing versus digital or traditional marketing. It's got a significant role to play. We all know about the fragmentation um, of our media channels and we all know about the difficulty that that has posed for us as marketers in landing our messaging in a contextually relevant manner. So digital really as a broad term is a fantastic way for us marketers to reach our consumers and some of the things that uh, we are doing now is uh, really building up the capabilities of our teams to get comfortable with it you know um, as as we go into it not just from a media perspective but from a data perspective from a first party uh, data understanding um, and so on and so we were doing a lot of work around that around getting excellent content that really can, you know, punch above its weight versus uh, what all the other plethora of um, content that is out there. And we're doing a lot of work as well around that capability building agenda that that I was speaking about earlier. And eventually what we would like is that, uh, you know, every marketer in our business um, is is just that an excellent marketer bar none, and they have all this integration of all this functional capability of understanding across the board, and that's really the journey that we have been on at the moment. Yeah, spot on. Many brands are also in a similar space. When you talk about building capabilities, it's having tech conversations. I think it's also the technical aspect. I mean, you and I covered that as well the other day. We need to start talking about technical stuff, with which was outside of our you know area of expertise in the past. So coming from classical into now this integrated marketing uh, environment, it's also a big shift. Absolutely, absolutely. You know, at Nestle, we've got a great program that we've uh, brought into the business called the eBusiness Academy. And basically what that program is, is a really detailed thorough training program for our marketers um, that goes through all the different elements of digital, website, search, content creation, first-party data, matrices that matter, um, and so on. So it's a fantastic program. And, you know, FMCG, we all have our wonderful marketing training programs. What we've just done differently is that we've looked at how we integrate and develop and create a training program that would allow our marketers to be much more agile and much more comfortable in the space of digital. And that also allows them to integrate those learnings into the work that they do. Eventually, we will combine that e-business academy with our normal marketing training program, and it will become one program. We did that deliberately because we wanted to start the shift in thinking and, and in capability building and that has really really served us well um i've worked in a number of organizations and it is indeed the best program i've seen in my career yeah i mean that's refreshing to hear because we have a skill shortage not only in south africa but across africa so ensuring that we uplift uh and mentor 
young people that come into marketing is becoming important, but then also classical marketing, uh, marketers transitioning into this uh, this new era of marketing becomes fundamental where training is the baseline, you know, it's ongoing uh, educational sessions. Absolutely. I mean, I think even beyond marketing, when we look at our business, we are transforming into an e-enterprise. And so our marketing team or my digital team's responsibility is in supporting the other business units to either digitize their businesses, uh, whether internally or externally. And we talk about removing all the dirty, dull, dangerous work in our organization. And uh, a lot of that we can do in with embracing digital uh, technology. And so my team also supports the rest of the enterprise in really driving that outcome so that we free people up to be able to really focus on the growth drivers that will build the business and deliver on our strategy. And so marketing uh, or digital teams um, at, at their core have gone beyond just marketing in my experience, but really shaping the organization and its trajectory to really driving that e-enterprise um, development. You know, I'll give a great example. Um, you know, our HR team has just recently, uh, through our digital uh, support uh, team, developed a virtual interview uh, method. And that's been great because it's helped them to be able to sift through many, many, many CVs in a shorter amount of time and to get to the right candidates. And so simple processes like that, while they are um, digital, they will they really do help us to drive efficiency and effectiveness in our organization. So my team really, really helps to drive that. We also work very much with our agencies to build that capability and to use them to build our capability such that it's a really symbiotically beneficial relationship. So it seems to me you're breaking down barriers removing the silos because very often marketing is seen as a downstream function. So you've actually elevated that and taking the lead in terms of these digitization of different functionalities across your business. Absolutely. I think uh, in my experience, marketing has been at the forefront of leading strategy um, together with the other functions. So it's not proprietary, but they play a big role in working together cross-functionally with the rest of the business units, because eventually at the end of the day, we are brand led and we are consumer led. And so what digital has done for us is just bring another lens of how we do that and how we build that uh, growth pillar into our strategy to be able to make it move a little bit faster. I always think that organizations, and I refer to them as winning marketing organizations, the secret to success there is leadership. So, you know, the role you play as a leader in your organizations becomes critical because you need to sell the story. You need to drive the, the growth agenda. You need to be present in those conversations, you know, upfront. And how has that journey been for you as a leader within your organization in having influence, then also driving the agenda for C-suite at large? You know, I think 
ultimately, as marketers, we've got to get better at showing our return on investment on the investment that the business makes, right? And so for me, um, I've always put a, a big disproportionate focus on that. Am I clear about how I show value um, to my CFO, to my CEO around the brand building work that we do? Because when you are evidence-based, uh, you have performance that is evidence-based that really, really drives uh, support and drives incremental investment. And so I think that digital integration into marketing has helped us to do more of that. Are we there yet completely? No, but we are now able to really show uh, much more tangible benefits of where we are putting the money and what it is doing, you know, and that really does serve as a as a, a way that builds confidence when you are dealing with conversations around zero-based budgeting. I think the other thing is... Um, We've uh, been very collaborative as marketing with the business. I give an example. We have a digital steer code that we've put together in the business where we have leaders from different functions who sit and help us uh, and work in partnership with us in defining the key programs we think are going to make a disproportionate amount of growth in our business. And when you have the CFO and you've got the CEO and you've got the supply chain director and are sitting in that steer code, we are able to work much more cohesively together to be able to, you know, uh, sift through the different projects that we have to do and uh, assign the right level of resources to the to those projects. And that has um, broken down those barriers in many ways. We've also assigned digital champions in all of the functions. So supply has a digital champion. So digital doesn't just, we've sit in my team, we've almost um, spread it across the organization. And uh, people get a excited about that because it means career development and growth for them within their respective places, but also they become our champions when we are not there. And so that ability to lead from a a non-centralized place is a really important part of the ecosystem, particularly in an organization such as ours who are starting out on this journey. You know, I suspect the telcos and the banks are probably ahead. But when you look at FMCG, we are really putting in the right structures, the right resources, the right training to be able to be able to do that, not just in my team, but across the organization. Have you guys done the digital marketing maturity assessment? Yes, we have. So I'm sure you are like way above connected, hey? We Well, we, we're on our way. We're on our way. Look, I yeah. mean, um, we're excited. We're clear about the pillars uh, that we yeah. have uh, got to drive. Uh, some of them, I'd say we are very, very green. E-commerce, for example, oh, yes. we've done exceptionally well in that area in the last 18 to 24 months, and we continue to accelerate that. And then in some areas like driving first-party data acquisition and utilization to really, really unlock growth in our CRM. We're still uh, starting out, but we are clear on the runway and the journey to get there. And so that's really, really exciting. And for our marketers, um, like I said, our capability building is getting stronger and stronger. And I think our marketers get really, when they think about working at Nestle, they think about the excitement of uh, that as a, 
say as an employer of choice, right? Because not many marketers get that kind of skill set everywhere. And so for us, it is really an exciting opportunity to retain and grow our people. Well, that's wonderful to hear that you've actually done the assessment and uh, and I've noticed that the FMCG brands are actually leading in terms of e-commerce. You know, now we're talking about e-commerce, m-commerce. I've heard yesterday I was at a TikTok session and they're talking about community commerce. So, you know, the power of community to influence the purchasing cycle, but then also measuring it end to end. Absolutely. And and you touch on a very important point, Audrey. The other part of this equation is around the partnerships that you create, right? So one thing we know for sure is that we don't have all the answers. So our ability to work with our partners, Meta, Google, has really, really ramped up over the last few years. And um, we are really creating joint up business planning where we are using their best practice uh, knowledge together with our best in class to continually accelerate our and, and in this regard, we've even partnered with an external entrepreneurship partner. Um, and their role is really to help us to be able to unlock some of the solutions we don't have the capability to do ourselves. A lovely young, young lady called Sandy. So she's got a network of entrepreneurs across Africa who help us to bring some of our digital and other projects within the business to life by farming it out to entrepreneurs in order for them to be able to come back with solutions in a far quicker and more interesting and um, uh, scale than we would have done uh, normally. So we, we've we created different business models, the traditional ones that we really know and we're good at, plus fast-paced, agile business models that allow us to be able to address the issues we've got faster than our competitors, hopefully. It seems as if you all were already playing in the space of the four accelerants. If you look at the accelerators of the DMT. Have you seen that? Yes, yes. Yeah. So yes. to become agile, having a first party data strategy, Absolutely. strategic partnerships and measurement Absolutely. becomes core. Absolutely. Uh, and I think uh, surrounding that is your skill set, your talent. Yes, agreed. And uh, and like I say, you know, we uh, we are in some areas quite advanced, but in some areas uh, still have a lot of work to do. But those partners that we've worked with are very clear about the role they play in our business strategy and what that looks like and what the marketing lens is around those. We're even talking to our normal or what we'd call traditional agencies to talk about how they step change their own capability in order to help us deliver the outcomes that we want you know uh what are they doing around nfts metaverse and those kinds of new trends that are coming through that can be of benefit to our brands and our portfolios and it's across the board whether we're looking at brands portfolios or whether we're looking at our corporate initiatives or whether we're looking at our sustainability initiatives or whether we're looking at our community initiatives so all of that work is really starting to seamlessly work together with those partners to be able to get to those outcomes. I guess you need to keep at the pulse of what's happening in the industry because things are changing, you know, on a daily basis. Correct. 
Coming back to you as a leader, you did mention to me that you had strong female mentors who mentored you along the way. Would you care to share some light on how it added value to your life professionally and personally? You know, Audrey, um, I must say I've had, uh, I've been fortunate uh, in that I've had a lot of uh, senior leaders and peers who've taken an interest in my journey. And, and, and I've had uh, mentors across the board, male and female. But to touch on your question, um, you know, I've, I'll mention some of the ones who've been really, really instrumental at work. Um, I was recruited by a fantastic uh, marketing director a very long time ago, and her name was Sharon Keith. And and uh, she used to be the marketing director at Brand House. And uh, Sharon Keith played a big role in really uh, building my fundamental understanding of marketing, but also mirroring myself uh, and what I was good at to myself because I didn't know that at the time. And I find people who are able to do that and bring out the best in you by showing you where your strengths are um, have been very, very beneficial to me. So Sharon Keith was one of those fantastic women who really made a big difference to my career. Um, and there have been a few along the way in my in my career. But also, I've, I've also had a what can I say, like almost like a, a, a board of people I whose opinions I value because they have particular skills and strengths where I don't have, whether it's been within my friend group or it's been within my colleagues that I've really, really leaned on, you know. And one of the things I always say is mentorship does not necessarily have to be structured. It can just be you identifying a particular capability you would like to develop and getting somebody to help you to get to that outcome. Sometimes it can happen in a once-off conversation and sometimes it can happen over you know, a journey and a period of discussions. But I've always just identified people who I admire in some way or another and I've either mirrored or talked to them to get input or I've looked at how they built that capability and really learned from them. And so um, I am always uh, aware of where my gaps are and what I need to do um, to be able to close them. Uh, my mother was another great mentor in my life. She was a teacher and uh, I'd be remiss if I didn't mention her. And she has taught me a lot about self-introspection. And that, I think, is the fundamental basis of growth. The moment you have a really strong self-insight, you are able to then determine how best to proceed. Um, and some of my friends, you know, who've done really well in their industries, you know, my friend Busim Vui, all of them pioneers in their area, Rufilwe, um, who's the CFO of Vodacom, all of them have played a really, really instrumental role in um bridging and helping me to identify the areas where I could possibly uh, really, really spike in. I think there are a number of uh, leaders across industries that are open to mentoring and sharing their knowledge with others. And I guess it's up to the individual to take up the opportunity like you have. Because I find people are so receptive when you go to them and ask for help. 
Absolutely. I think so. You know, um, you're right. People are very receptive. And uh, um, as long as you reach out and, 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 and you're very clear about what it is that you want to achieve um, and you're prepared for the discussion that you need to have, you know, and uh, you're very deliberate about it. Uh, people more often than not will open up their time, uh, which I value the most in anybody um, who has been a part of my journey is time to be able to help you to navigate those um, those challenges. I also think, you know, find people who are very different to you. You know, um, I know um, where I'm really strong and I try not to surround myself with me too's uh, because that's also a dangerous thing to do. Um, and then you get a very diverse perspective on uh, different areas and that really does challenge your own biases that you may or may not have um, and really uh, allows you to think very, very broadly. Well, I guess with you working with different markets, there's different cultural aspects that you need to consider as well. So you need to actually remove your own biasness and worldviews to be open to other cultures and different ways of speaking to consumers. Absolutely. I think if you had to ask me what are, what's, the, what's one of the things I've valued about my career has been the opportunity to work in different cultures, different markets, you know, because they all have their own nuances. You humble yourself in those situations because you have to really think about uh, your own frame of reference that may need to change, you know. And when that happens, that's where you really, really can unlock fantastic growth for yourself. And I have always made a point uh, to be able to do that um, because the world is bigger than South Africa. And um, if you do want to grow and innovate and change and really uh, push yourself to the edge of possibility. There's nothing like working in different markets, you know, where you're starting from scratch. You might have the capability, but you're growing other areas of your leadership that you may never have thought were actually required. And at the end of those journeys, you look back and you think, oh my gosh, I'm a different person to what I was when I started out. And you can articulate what that looks like for yourself. And it just makes you a whole rounded person, not just from a capability perspective, but also from a leadership perspective and from an empathy perspective. And it really does build uh, a lot of uh, your social skills. When I went through your bio, the one thing that really stood out for me is that you describe yourself as a leader who leads from the heart. So what does that mean to you personally? You know, Audrey, when I was younger, I tried to emulate people um, a lot. You know, when I started out, um, I, I thought leadership was looked a particular way. And, um, and I remember, you know, in my first five, six years, uh, feeling exhaustion, you know, and not quite being able to put my finger on it, on, on why that was the case. And I had an opportunity to travel, I think it was my second secondment when I left and I went to Ethiopia. And, you know, I was in an executive team that came from all over Africa. And I had a fantastic coach and mentor um, who was also my line manager, a man called Baker Magunda. And Baker Magunda taught me that actually um, I bring a certain flair by bringing my own 
kind of authentic leadership. And he pulled it out of me, you know, uh, when I didn't see it. And um, when I saw the benefits, not just to the business, but to the way I coached the team and how they grew um, under my own authentic brand of leadership, uh, I had an aha moment. And um, in that particular assignment, you know, I decided that I would always bring my full self to the room and um and that would be authentically me and and I've always found that that has been that has served me well and that's why I talk about my I really really encourage everybody to find their own authentic brand of of leadership whatever that looks like uh to you yeah it's amazing at the end of the day we are own brands how we present ourselves, position mm. ourselves, you know, what do we stand for? You know, are we purpose-led? It's the same kind of principles as building a brand. Absolutely. It's, it is exactly that. And you'd be surprised uh, at how many doors you open for others to do the same, particularly when you are senior. There's nothing like seeing representation at a senior level that looks like you, um, that comes from the same background as you, that has the same struggles as you succeed. And, and when you see those people being authentically who they are, it gives you permission as you come up the ranks of your career not to fit in. And so that for me has been really, really uh, fantastic. And I, and I always admire women um, and other people who lead from a place of authenticity. And that is also coming from a place of you being a professional coach. True. <laughs> I can I hear it. <laughs> well, I mean, I do, I do talk to a lot of people in the business and outside of the business who, you know, look for guidance because I do believe, you know, to whom much is given, much is expected, you know. So, um, yes, I do, I do all, often talk about that. And um, in all the people that I mentor and coach, that has been a really, really important part of my message to them to say, be clear about your purpose and what that is. And then, and then once you know what it is, go for it, you know, and do what you need to do uh, to get there. Get yourself a clear board of advisors or support system who will be able to guide and coach and be able to mirror you and also pull you in back to order where you, where you need it, you know. Um, and introspect uh, often about your progress uh, and where you feel you can develop even further. And, and so that's really, really important. I was going to ask you what advice you have to offer our listeners and potential leaders or existing leaders, but you've answered that question very well. Thank you for that. Where to from here for you? Well, oh, Audrey, you did ask me that question. And I, I, I must say, I, I, uh, I, I, I was thinking about it. Well, I mean, I've got, uh, I still have uh, quite a lot to deliver in uh, where I am at the moment, but I'm also looking to sit uh, on board roles. Uh, I'm having conversations about that because I think I'm in a stage of my career where I now want to grow other businesses and um, I'm going to be doing that a lot more and um, across Africa. Um, so that's very exciting uh, for me. I'm a mom uh, of two young kids as well. So, you know, I'm 
I'm focused my energies on really, really uh, making sure that I'm bringing them up to be as confident uh, as possible. And uh, who knows from there, you know, and as you talk about the one that the other the advice, you know, I always say uh, to everybody I talk to always remain curious. It doesn't matter how senior you get, there's always something you don't know. And so I've always gravitated to remaining curious and really uh, learning uh, from that curiosity. And there is a lot of people in my team who teach me a lot every day. And, and, and that has served me well. And if you remember nothing else, uh, remember to always be curious and be fully expressed in that curiosity. So me, what an absolute pleasure talking to you today. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Future Tech invests significantly in growing women firstly within their own business with over 50% of its workforce and 60% of its leadership being female. Future Tech Media continues to empower the female youth by offering bursaries and bringing interns to its business not only to be taught about digital, but to be work-ready in digital advertising. We're excited. You're excited. I really value and appreciate your support during this time. Helping decision makers navigate the change and keep some change in their pockets. Don't forget to subscribe. Follow our Instagram handle at TalkDigitalZA. Engage us on our website at TalkDigitalZA.co.za. And who knows, you could be featuring on the next one.